Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have a beautiful guest. She is a passionate um, person who is lifting the creative spirit in everyone that she meets. She has followed her passion for helping people communicate their ideas and combined that with creativity by founding, by founding, my words seem really weird today. You know, you know me and my language, right, guys? <laughs> By founding Minds Eye Creative Consulting. I like that name. So she's worked with diverse groups from nonprofits to Fortune 500 companies. And she has brought over 2,000 presentations and conversations to life on paper digitally as a graphic artist. Please welcome Ashton Rodenheiser. Um, thank you so much for being here today and sharing this space with us. And Talking about money, because a lot of people, you know, they're like, dating money? What's that all about? And then actually coming on and talking about money, um, it's, it takes a lot of bravery, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny as a, I feel like I've got kind of two different sides where I'm like, very creative, very artistic, but I actually really like talking about money too. So those two worlds don't always seem to collide. So this is a really fun opportunity to talk today with you, Lisa. Yeah. And you know, that's a great point because a lot of my clients are creative and that side of their brain is so beautiful just to watch them, you know, in their artistic abilities. And then when it comes to money, they're like, that's not my zone of genius. I don't want to do anything about it. So yeah, to be able to, to love talking about money and managing money, dating money, it makes a whole difference. And when you can use your gifts and talents to expand your empire and help others, it's just such a great opportunity to create that reciprocal energy of giving and receiving. So tell us, um, when you were, a, you were a little girl going back to little Ashton, what was the very first memory you had when you first introdu were introduced to money? Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely have a lot of those cliches that I grew up with. Um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work really hard. If you want to make a lot of money, you have to have you know, um, multiple university degrees and be a professional and all of those things. And I was just a very sensitive, uh, introverted, quiet, very creative little girl. And um, I never really believed that I would be, I would have or make a lot of money in my life. Um, the career paths that I had considered growing up weren't ones that were, you know, had big paychecks or pay stubs behind them. And I really had a belief, like even well into my early twenties that 
I was very limited and didn't really believe I was going to ever have nice things or be able to go on vacations, be able to do um, or have a lot of things. Um, And yeah, just did a lot of work on myself when I started my business uh, to to try to rewrite, write some of those beliefs around around money. Um, And it like like we were just saying about being a creative, there is this like um, you know, of course, the starving artist mentality, trying to bust through some of that um, definitely was like put in my mind to if I wanted to be a creative that like, you know, basically say goodbye to money. <laughs> and then there's also this, you know, space in the create in in a lot of creatives where you're like, want to like stick it to the man. I'm just like, gonna be creative and I don't need money, but I'm like, you kind of do. And I believe people deserve to have vacations and have good things and, you know, yeah. buy the nice tomatoes in the store, you know? So um, yeah, there's, there's lots to unpack there. I'm sure. Oh yeah. There's so many layers. So when you think about childhood and the first time you, you met money, the first time you actually held money, you know, a lot of times we get money as gifts in a, in a card. What was your first experience to um, actually hold money into your hand? Yeah. I, I think I was very entrepreneurial when I was younger, but I didn't really think of it at the time. Even into my business, I was like, no, nah, I've never really been entrepreneurial. But when I look back, Um, I think I, like, I do remember, you know, painting rocks and selling them at little craft shows and stuff like that. And that definitely felt really like validating that, oh, someone paid me for something creative, like painting a rock. (laughs) Um, and my dad was worked for himself too. And I remember I would work for him sometimes on the weekends and, and that felt really good to, to do that. And my parents, one thing I do appreciate that they did for me was, um, at the beginning of every school year, they would give my sister and I a certain amount of money, and we were responsible for managing that and buying all our own school school supplies and if we needed new clothes. So we had to be responsible for managing that at the beginning of the year. And I've always been a saver, <laughs> and I've always been uh, like, let's see how far I can get make this dollar go. So uh, I would buy the bare minimum of things so I could hoard some of that money away. <laughs> for I like that. I know when you went through the money dating game, you, you uh, best, uh, you wanted to align with Harry the hoarder. So do yes, you, that's yeah. yes. <laughs> and I love that because when, um, you know, I've been in finance and insurance since 1987 and I've seen so many people, you know, like the different money personalities found that there was like these seven main ones and we all have some of them in us. But, you know, Harry, when I, when I looked at Harry, the hoarder, I'm like, oh, people aren't going to want to partner with him because sometimes he's misunderstood, but I know so many hoarders and it's fun because they value so many things. There's sentimental value. And when they do purchase something, it holds a special place in their heart and they don't ever want to part with it. And, you know, we think of hoarding as like, you know, people with boxes, you know, I've met a true hoarder. And you've seen the TV show, I'm sure, right? The reality show about that. But it's not a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a negative thing to be, you know, to be thinking about what you have and what you value. So I love that. And saving, you know, um, you know, being um, the saver as well is a good practice. And you said, you know, on your application that 
you have saved all of your money, like even from your little girl. So I like that you painted rocks. I, I got into painting rocks a couple of times, but I remember in the seventies, pet rocks were huge. Right. And it's like, oh, I want to get a pet rock. My mom's like, you can just paint that. You don't need to buy that. <laughs> you know, and the value of like, go out in the backyard and get some paint and you can paint, but I'm not creative. I'm like, stick figures are my thing. And I, you know, I could draw word, like I could write words and do like straight lines and all of that. So really being able to have a talent and a gift that you can hone in on and enjoy doing it. And other people are like, yeah, that's beautiful. I want to, I want to buy that. One of my favorite things is to go to arts and craft shows. So when you think about it, like the value of money and the dollars and, you know, with the artists, a lot of artists believe that you're a starving artist. So what would you say to somebody that's a, you know, in their art industry, like whether it be a graphic designer or a web designer, whatever talent they're using. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I think we just have to work on trying to rewrite the belief for yourself. You know, like I could say, I'm sure to you all day long, you know, don't believe it. Don't believe that that it's not true. You don't have to be a starting artist. You can be an affluent artist. And when you look at, you think about what does a wealthy person look like? It looks like you, you know, it's, um, you know, you can, you can picture a very creative person, um, as, as a wealthy person, um, but, you know, of course, like breaking down, what is that? How, how has that shown up in your life throughout, mm -hmm. you know, the starving artist mentality? And what can you do to shift that? Right. Like I read so many books on money and on business. Like that's all I read basically <laughs> is, is books around like trying to change some of those belief patterns and, and dissecting where those things come from. And, and like, look to someone like me is like, I'm, I'm a successful artist. I never went to art school. I never really took an art class. <laughs> I just sort of made it up. And, you know, I have a really thriving, great multiple six-figure business, you know, drawing pictures for people. Um, yeah. So it's totally possible. You know, it's just a matter of making sure that you surround yourself with people um, maybe like me who have done it before. And it's totally possible um, because unfortunately there are you're going to find if you are an artist yourself or a creative um it's it's just the norm to find people that most creatives unfortunately don't have a great money mindset um but you know i've done the work to get to that point where i believe that i'm worth it and a friend of mine just joked the other day that i was talking to her cuz i people come to me when they want like permission to raise their prices because i'm always telling people raise your prices raise your prices <laughs> You know, like surround yourself with people who are going to tell you like, no, no, you're worth it. You're like, you, you can do it. Like raise your prices. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people are so afraid of money. You know, they believe that if they charge too much, you know, they don't understand their, their own value and their own worth. And then if they charge too much, they'll scare away their clients, but total opposite is true. So when you focus on accumulating wealth as an artist, like, what is your, you know, we, we talked um, about, you know, favorite money strategies. It was one of the questions um, you had said, tracking, writing everything down. Uh, what, when you write it all down, do you like handwrite it? Do you have a journal? Do you use a spreadsheet, an app? Like, what's your favorite mode? 
Honestly, I do it in so many different ways. I kind of just surround myself with it. Like I have a poster on my wall that has like circles and for every thousand dollars that I have contracted, I color it in. It's like almost gamifying it for myself. And, and then I kind of have this like beautiful visual that I can reflect on and like creating creating a bit of a game. Like, oh, I wonder if I can get X number of contracts by the end of the month. And like, I believe in the power of the universe and manifestation. So that's like part of it. Cause I'm like, all right, like I just like playing games with the universe. Like, let's just see if we can make this happen. And nine times out of 10, if I, if I put my mind to it, then it will happen or I'll just put those Mm -hmm. vibes out there. Um, so yeah. And I also have like spreadsheet. I'm like spreadsheet queen. It's like, I'm this like weird mix between like super serious business person and this like kind of hippie hipstery creative person, you know, yeah. it's like always like, like going along this scale all of the time between the two worlds. Um, but I love a good spreadsheet. I love tracking everything. Like I love writing things on sticky notes, putting half my poster on the wall. Like I have my vision board with numbers on it. Like I'm just like dreaming of numbers all the time. Like I know that I'm very motivated by money. Like I'm motivated by specific numbers. So I like to put specific numbers to things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So whereas maybe others are motivated by like time off or vacations or things like that. But I'm like motivated by like gamifying and making games for myself with numbers. <laughs> That's awesome. And that's a great way to like, cause so many people think that when they manage money, they have to have this restrictive budget. They have to cut their expenses and they have to do all these things that aren't true. And one of the things that um, my clients are very surprised to find out is that they get to design their very own wealth activation roadmap. And if it's pictures and, 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 you know, objects or visual boards or some kind of, you know, a, a, ca- a graphic design, whatever, some of them write it out with words, but it gets to be their own. And it's not restrictive because once you put a restriction, it's like, you know, taking food away. Once you put that restriction on yourself, you're not, you're going to end up doing it. That rebellious child comes out and it's like, no, I'm going to spend my money this way. Yeah. And, and one of the- should, be, should be fun. Like this should be exactly. fun. It's going to be like, so stressful that you're like, ah, oh, numbers are so scary. Like it should be fun. So make yeah. it fun for yourself in the process. If like, however you want to track or keep, um, manage those things, make sure that it's enjoyable. And then also like, know what you know best. And like, I'm not great with the details and stuff around numbers. So I have an accountant who just like tells me what I need to send them. <laughs> you know, like, that was like one of the first investments I made in my business is like hiring him to help me, you know, and because I like gaming and playing with numbers, but when it comes to making sure I'm doing everything that I need to legally, he helps keep me straight and narrow. Like I'm not wasting and spending all this time trying to stress out about all, like, how am I making sure I'm doing this right? He helps me with that. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's so important to have, you know, that support so that you can have your money grow and thinking about like multiplying money. Um, do you have any favorite investments that, that you've, um, that you've, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so what's your favorite investment? <laughs> How do you like to invest your money? Yeah, I'm just sort of getting into investing, to be honest with you. So I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I have like a, a huge, like a very good answer for you, but I will sort of speak about like making like one thing that I sort of learned that the pandemic taught me was diversifying in general and diversifying Mm -hmm. my business uh, into different streams because all of my work before the pandemic was 100% in person. And I really only had one way of making money in my business. 
And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, "Uh oh, everything pretty much crumbled underneath my feet and I had to figure it out on the fly. And I am a pretty determined person. So I wasn't letting like a little thing called the pandemic slow me down. So, yeah. um, you know, so uh, I don't have a whole lot of like investments at the moment. Like I said, just starting to get into that. But I guess overall, like making sure that I'm learning how to di- diversify how I am making money in my business. So if one of those streams goes down, like my in-person work back in 2020, then I have other things in the pipeline um, yeah. that are bringing in money or that I can turn around and, and market very easily. Yeah. 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 Are you in, in the US? I'm in Canada. You're in Canada. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Canada's got a, a really um, different sort of wealth management um, system and their investments are really cool. So definitely encourage you to keep exploring that and Mm. just increase that financial literacy because the investments, I mean, real estate is like the number one, Um, but in in America we have, you know, the Roth IRA is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and it's such a simple way to save money for your future at, you know, a very, in a conservative way. I mean, the amount isn't astronomic and I know a lot of entrepreneurs you know, a lot of them just take all of their money and put it right back into their business. They don't even think about cutting themselves a paycheck or saving anything for future investments into their business. Mm -hmm. So really having that system in place, you know, and allowing yourself to plan for those things, like setting your money goals. What's your big money goal for 2023? My big money goal is um, I'm adding in, I have added sort of a new stream to my business and I uh, really want to, I'm saying like, quote unquote, figure out this whole passive income thing. Um, so I recently started um, a community, an online membership community for people who want to learn how to draw their own notes. Um so sketch note school is what it's called. And so that's sort of my, my money goal right now is uh, trying to get a few hundred people into that community so that it's obviously not super passive, but something that I can, you know, rely on as like a ongoing monthly thing or yearly thing, depending on how they sign up. So, um, yeah, so my money goal is related to, to that, to have some people, yeah, a few hundred people in there so I can have a few thousand coming in every month. Um, and it's, I just launched it like two months ago and the few people that I have in there right now are so beautiful and so engaging. And so it's been very uplifting. So I'm kind of changing a little bit of my business model as more of the like thought leader educator around Mm -hmm. visual taking and sketch noting, um, instead of just being the one who's I'm always trading my time for money, um, as the illustrator. Um, and I still love doing the illustrations. Um, but you know, there, there are certain times and I have to sit there for eight hours or stand there for eight hours in a row and can't move and can't take a pee break most of the time. Like it's, it's hard on my body. Um, and the, the mental capacity, the emotional is like a lot. So, um, I just want to diversify a little bit and have some things that are a little bit more ongoing instead of like one month being really a lot and the next month being really quiet. Um, and I really love being an educator and a teacher. Um, I always knew that was something that I wanted to get into. So this feels like a really good fit. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, uh, subscriptions, memberships are, um, definitely the thing, one of the great ways to make passive incomes. Um, my coach who was a guest on my YouTube show, money talks, 
is her, she has 22 current income streams and her goal is to have a hundred. Wowzers. Yeah. And she'll do it. (laughs) She will definitely do it. So there's so many ways to Uh make income. And I always say you can make as much money as you want, but if you don't know how to manage it, you're not going to, you're going to end up feeling like you're living check to check or client to client because you're not, you know, money loves to be crushed on money wants to be, wants to go where it's loved and where it's going to be shared. And, you know, the whole thing of thinking money as a person, you know, what would like your, you have a relationship with money. Um, We talk about personifying money. And if money was a person, um, what's your relationship like? Like if you were dating money, you're obviously not on your first date. So what, where in the relationship are you with money? Definitely in a long-term committed relationship. Definitely. (laughs) I do want to make a comment to something you said though, like a couple of years ago when I got to a point where I like fully believed, okay, I can make money. Like this is possible for me. Like I can make money. Um, when it, at the end of that year, I really didn't have much to show for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I didn't have, I didn't change my belief enough that I believe that I could have it. So I believe that I could make it, but it was just going out the door. So I had to do some, a little bit of work um, is still ongoing to believe that I can have it, right. Mm-hmm. That I can retain it, that I can like be looking at my bank account and there's a couple of zeros after a number. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's useful for your, for the audience or not, but it's something that really was an, like an aha moment for me a few years ago that I got to that point where I'm like, okay, I believe I can make it. And I had lots of money coming in, but, uh, I didn't change my belief enough to believe that I could have it. I could retain it. And I think that's where I think sounds like where you're helping a lot of people making sure that they, they can mm-hmm. be building that wealth over time. Right. So anyways, just wanted to comment on that. Um, but yeah, definitely in a long-term committed relationship, I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself to believing that, you know, I can have it, I can, I can make it, I can have it. I'm worthy, you know, and I think it, a lot of it comes with like time and experience, you know, I've been mm-hmm. doing this long enough now that the rejections don't hurt as much. You know, when someone says I'm too expensive, it doesn't really, it just sort of slides off my back now. Um, you know, whereas it is more challenging when you're starting out, every rejection like feels like, like you've been completely defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, every time someone says you're too expensive, you question everything, right? So I guess if you're in that space, I would just say it does get better. If you just continue on, like see every rejection as just like a stepping stone to getting to that place where the rejections don't really affect you much anymore. Um, And I never thought I would get to this place, right? I never thought that I would, that, you know, every time someone says no, I'd be like, man, whatever, next, you know? Yeah, exactly. Believe in what you have to offer is so incredibly valuable that if they don't buy it or they're missing out, out. they totally are missing out. And like when you're starting out and especially as a creative, like, and you're, when you're attaching your creative creativity to your work, it can be like, I think extra defeating, but you have like, you can with time and perseverance, you can get to that place where 
you can wholeheartedly believe that what you have to offer in the world is so incredibly valuable and you know how to articulate that to people mm-hmm. and you show your worth and you've got history and testimonials and people that hire you back again and again, like those things kind of build over time that you can believe like, oh yeah, like if you don't hire me, you're missing out. Like, that's too bad. Like, you're like, you almost like feel bad for them because you know, like for me, like I know if me being there for their event can just totally elevate their message, the event, the memory of the people that are there, like people are going to engage with it. It's going to speak to, it's going to help people with neurodiversity and accessibility. It's like going to be so helpful for them. If they don't hire me, like that's too bad. Yeah, people are really going to be missing out and that's unfortunate for them. But, you know, if you feel like you can never get to that place right now, if like you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I could never like you can with perseverance mm-hmm. time and that credibility built up over over that time. It's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you definitely have to believe in your right offer and craft it and really focus on the value that you're offering and not shortchange yourself. And you know, once you, you know, so many people like get confused with all the tools that they have. And when we can hone in on our gifts and talents and and step into what we're designed to do, it's so much fun and it makes it easy. And, you know, um, in my money multiplier system, we talk about, you know, the three M's, money mindset, multiplying money and managing money. And they all need to work together in order for you to receive. And you're so right. So many people can make money, but they don't have the frequency to hold on to money. And a lot of that comes from our childhood, from the, you know, the conditioning statements that we're raised with. And that's why it's so important to get that support, to connect with, you know, a financial coach is a little bit different than a wealth activator because a financial coach, when I got my certification to do financial coaching, I was like, oh, you need to have the client cut back expenses or increase their income, get three or four jobs and, you know, do this. And I'm like, ew, it sounds so, you know, so yeah. the, the money multiplier system changes all that just by incorporating, you know, like investing in yourself first, you know, 10% to you in a savings account that's yielding a high interest and then 10% to give and 10% to enjoy and to have fun with that mm-hmm. because not having fun with money it's not going to make a difference. And so many people define wealth as a number in their bank account. But in my program, it isn't just about numbers. Money doesn't want to be just a number. You know, money wants to want you to realize that money in the hands of a good person does good things. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And when we can experience that and, you know, like one of my favorite things is to, you know, like at Christmas time, they have the, the trees where you can pick a, a thing and buy a gift for, you know, a, a child. And it's like, I get the biggest kick out of that. And I just love like going through their list and getting them what they want and, and bringing that um, so that they can have that gift. And it's just like the coolest thing and supporting like, you know, ministries that I'm really, you know, that are really dear to my heart so mm-hmm. that somebody else can, you know, be blessed with that gift. So knowing that we, once we do get to hold on to it, you know, we're multiplying it by sharing and having that experience. So it's really beautiful. 
Um, so tell one us of my, one of my favorite things to do is to pay for the person behind me, like in a, mm. in a fast food line <laughs> or a coffee line. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I know I'm getting a lot of joy out of it is like my totally make their day. And oftentimes it doesn't cost very much, right? Like mm-hmm. $5, $10 or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I, I find like, if you can be playful and be joyful with that. And, and I love like your philosophy too, because you know, like I am a hoarder, but I do like to like go and buy a nice latte. Like those are like coffee shops. All my local coffee shops know me by name because that's mm-hmm. where I like to spend my extra money. And, um, you know, it, I, I find if you have like a financial person say like, no, you got to cut out your lattes. I'm like, no, like that's what brings me joy. Right. And like, right. I like investing in things in my home and my family, like that are high quality. So like mm-hmm. I'll pay more for like nice bed sheets, because when I go to bed and I get in there and they feel so nice, I feel mm-hmm. so luxurious, like that is worth it instead of like getting into bed and feeling like all scratchy and uncomfortable. Right. And, and those like, it is an investment. And like, uh, I do actually consider myself to be a bit of a minimalist. So it's like replacing things in my life that were just good enough to the thing, only having things in my, in my home that like really bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's beautiful. It's such a beautiful relationship with money to have that thought process. Cause you know, those thoughts are so powerful. They create our actions and that's where we get the results and it all starts with that thought. So tell us what's your, um, share your elevator pitch with us. Tell us what you got going on with your business. I know you got yeah. the membership. Yeah. Well, actually I'll talk about, I have a book coming out uh, later in June. And it's called the beginner's guide to sketchnoting. And this has been a very labor of love. I've been, I started it a year and a half ago and I did beta reading and, and had a ton of beta readers give me over like 1500 comments and feedback. And, uh, I'm literally like today sending like my last, my last edit to the editor and, um, and, and getting that totally finalized. And so that's very, very exciting to, to have that finally into the world. And it's really a beginner's guide. Like if you're interested and in, if you love taking notes or you want to get back to note taking and you want to infuse some creativity to like actually help you learn a little deeper and remember what you actually wrote down, um, then certainly check out. Uh, it's, it's very beginner's guide. It's very like you know, hold your hand all the way through the book. And I was really inspired by a book called Write Useful Books um, by Rob Fitzpatrick. So I really used, uh, leaned in on his methodology. Uh, methodology. So it's like a true, a useful book. It's not an ideas <laughs> book. You're like, this is gonna, I, I totally believe that after the end of the book, you can totally draw your own notes, even if you don't consider yourself creative. Um, but you want to be playful um, with that. So, uh, and then folks can learn about the community through that. And I have a whole online resource guide. Once you get into the book, you can learn about the resource guide because there was just so many things that I wanted to be able to update ongoing with the book. So I didn't include them in the book. So I have a whole online resource guide um, as well. It has like, it's basically a whole other book, to be honest with you, of information. Um, Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So people can go to sketchnote.school is the website to learn about anything, sketchnoting, visual note-taking. Um, I have a free online newsletter on Saturdays uh, called Sketchnote Saturday, where I um, provide a sketchnoting tip and trick um, every week. And that's free for people to to join and hang. And I often host like free workshops um, from time to time and stuff like that. So yeah. 
Beautiful. All right. We'll include that in the show notes. So thank you um, for sharing all of your your money story and what you've been doing and what you have going on. And I I love that you've just honed in on your gift and are expanding that to create the multiple income streams. That's such a beautiful journey and very Mm -hmm. inspiring for all of our creatives out there. Like, you know, there's so many talented ladies and men out there listening and, you know, you need to tap into that gift and create this income that you desire by using what you already are very, very good at, right? You're so talented and just know that, you know, you're honing in. Ashton has chosen to, you know, go with the sketching. I love the name. It's a very memorable name. So connect with her, you know, get the link to the website, be on the lookout for her book and be sure to purchase that. Get into her world so that you too can be a creative. And uh, with parting words, Ashton, what words of wisdom would you like to give the audience? Yeah, I guess if if you're a creative out there and you are, you know, trying to think about starting a business or you want to sort of um look into what that looks like to sell your work, um, it's totally possible. Like believe that your creativity has value in the world. Um, and if you're not a creative, like same, same goes for you too. Like what you have to provide in the world, I feel like. With me and my very like obscure, strange business, I'm like, if I figured it out and and have made decent money doing it, like it's totally possible for you too, right? Mm-hmm. Just read some books, connect with Lisa, get into her program. Sounds really amazing. <laughs> and and do the work to change your mindset and belief around money, because that's where it all stems from, right? And believe that your value is, yeah, that, like I said earlier, like people are going to be missing out if they don't want work with you or if they don't hire you. And, yeah. you know, you don't need like a million clients and you don't need like a huge following. Like my following is not very big and I have very nice business. <laughs> now, like, you don't need like huge numbers of followers or any of that stuff, right? Um, to have a very lucrative, successful um career or business or whatever it is that you want to do to make money. So a few, 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 few party thoughts there for folks. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you so much. And yeah, if you're listening, please um, be sure to give us a five-star rating comment. We will, uh, you know, give us a beautiful review and please share this with all of the creatives out there, all of the people, all the entrepreneurs who not only want to get to six or seven figures, but to share with them this Ashen story about how it is possible. It's just, you know, that thought, that intention, set your attention. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.